Cynic Empowerment! Last time on Cynic Empowerment. God's dead, he doesn't exist! Prove me wrong! Why, 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 we were just talking about something nice. Are you describing an emo person? I'm not saying Bush knocked down the towers, but what if Bush knocked down the towers? What? I'm not saying Hitler was a good dude. What I'm proposing is that the Earth is an ellipse. Welcome, everybody. This is Cynic Empowerment. My name is Jimmy Horn. And I'm Tim Carpenter. Welcome, everyone. This is a super special episode today. So special. So super. It, the most superest, specialist episode ever. We have a guest. Bwah, bwah, bwah. Bwah, bwah, bwah. Julia, would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, everyone. My name is Julia Winch. Thank you for having me today. We're super happy to have you. We're You've already done more for this podcast than we have. <laughs> Just by being here and showing up and uh, taking notes before getting here. Mm-hmm. We are we are more valid because we have added an additional 50% to our, our working staff. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Pretty excellent. So uh, today we're going to be talking about uh, a couple of pretty sad topics. Uh, and I don't know, I was kind of back and forth on which one to start with. So I feel like one definitely has the propensity to be a little bit more sad than the other. So, I don't know, start with phobias? What do you guys think? I like phobias. I'm down with phobias, Julia. You what, like, how do you like them? I love phobias. Oh, yeah. I, well, I think they're super interesting, just as a whole. Yeah. Well, Julia, you, you've got a, a little bit of experience, a little bit of know-how about these kinds of things. So, because we have a professional opinion, everything that we say on this particular episode of our podcast is 100% factual and we want you to go out and use it in your doctoral thesis. We're a primary source, right? Absolutely. <laughs> right. Like if you were going to go out today and, and write your doctoral thesis, we want you to directly quote anything we think we say here and use that uh, in order to further your own means. Because uh, this is like the best, you know, primary source you're going to get anywhere, period. <laughs> Particularly use my name to yes. as your source for everything you hear on here. Exactly. Specifically. Just <laughs> cover it all over the place. It's yeah. right there. I did I did uh, learn about these things, but it has been a few years now. I got my bachelor's of science in psychology back in two thousand and sixteen, so I had to brush off all my old notebooks and my old textbooks, but uh, I made sure to review stuff before I came over, so should be up to date. Hell yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> That's great. That's a hell of a lot more than Jimmy and I usually do, so I yeah, know. it'd be perfect. I asked Jimmy what his what he had looked up prior to this and he just gave me a dead look, so <laughs> I'm happy to be of service here. Great. Sounds about right. <laughs> so follow us in mind, Julia, what is a phobia? So phobia is an intense, persistent, irrational fear that normally uh, marks distress in everyday lives. So it's not your common, like, uh, I'm scared of dogs. This is, I refuse to go to any of my friend's house if they have a dog and there's no compromise. It's something that messes with your everyday life. Mm. Well, you know, dogs, I don't know. I don't want to say that that's an irrational fear or anything. Some dogs are certainly scarier than others. You know, like those little teacup dogs. Some people say it's like a, an emotional support animal, and then they continue to bring them in the restaurants where I'm trying to eat without dog hair in my food. 
and then you've got like Rottweilers, like big, nasty, scary looking working dogs from yesteryear that look like they're going to eat your face off. So, I mean, if you have a phobia of dogs, are you scared of teacup dogs as well as Rottweiler dogs? No, the difference here would be if you refuse to go to a friend's house, even if they offered to like put the dog in another room so you wouldn't see it the entire time. It's okay. just a complete and total persistent irrational fear. It can be stemming from like direct learning, like you were bit by a dog as a kid, but it's mm -hmm. just that transformation a... of something into just, it's just irrational at this point. Hmm. But it, but it can stem from something that is certainly rational. Like get bit. <laughs> like if you're scared of sharks, <laughs> it makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. But if you like refuse to go 50 miles uh, towards any open water because of it, then that's where it stems into phobia territory. I just don't uh, like being wet. Okay. I, you, fear of being wet. I don't even know how to respond to that. I just I just hate being wet. Yeah. It's, not, it's not even a phobia. Okay. It's just, I don't know, I'm just refusing to go into the ocean. It's because I don't like being wet, period. Well, I don't like spiders, but I'll still look at them you wanna, occasionally. So speaking of spiders, yeah. I used to have arachnophobia, like, really bad. And, like, if I saw a spider, I'd just be like, die! Like, you know, instantly, right? Mm -hmm. I gotta, gotta kill it. Over a certain size and run away, right? Mm -hmm. It was like the, it's like the quarter test. If it was, like, smaller than a quarter... Kill it. It's like the old rhyme says, smaller than a quarter, hit it with a porter, right? And then... Is that, <laughs> is, is that a rhyme? Yeah, uh, yeah. It's, right. it's very well known. I've never heard it's, of it's it. It's an old English rhyme, right? Because that's where porter beers were invented. Mm. And then and then if it's bigger than a quarter, run for the border. Porter. No, run for the border. Oh. <laughs> I thought the, it was the common consensus was to just burn the house down. Oh, yeah. well, that's 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 the third option. That's uh, that's a whole nother. That's for tarantulas specifically, though. That's only tarantulas. But the other, huh? What tarantulas aren't even the worst ones? They are the, like venomous, right? They're big and hairy. They're, it's that's where the irrational come from. This the the they're big and their fangs are very apparent. You can see them and they're gross. They're disgusting, horrible things. Clanky. Yeah, they can do that. It's just, it's really gross. But the other day, I was sleeping, and there was, like, this little tiny spider walking around on the blanket right next to my face, mm -hmm. and I didn't even kill it. I let it walk on my hand, and I set it down on the ground. Good job. And I didn't even cry, like I normally do. <laughs> wow. Wow, we're all very proud. Thank you. I, I am. You're a manly man, Jimmy. But it, it was the rule. It was smaller than a quarter, so I didn't have to run for the border, so it was fine. Right. <laughs> if it was bigger than a quarter, though, I would have screamed like a girl and ran away, but... Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what the saying says. You got to follow it. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So uh, I guess we could talk a little bit about things we're scared of. What kind of phobias you got, Jimmy? Me? Yeah. Uh, fear of never being anything, being insignificant, <laughs> uh, fear of death, uh, yeah. but also the wish that I would just like die in my sleep. So it's a conundrum. It's this, it's this weird, you know, tightrope of like, on one side, wishing I just didn't exist, but also being afraid of the day that I don't. So that, that's its own little hell world. Uh, fear of heights. I don't like heights. I don't like, like ski lifts, I think are even worse than roller coasters. Yes. Because your legs are just like dangling there. And I'm like super skinny. So like the little bar that goes over me, like isn't making contact of anything in my body. Like when I go on a ski lift, the only thing that's like touching the ski lift is my skinny little ass. 
And it's if you have if you've seen what I look like, I look like a fucking beanpole, and it's just like it doesn't feel like enough security to justify getting into one of those hell devices. Yeah, because you just slide right out and then splat. Uh-huh. In my brain, I'm like, I'm going to slide out any second. I'm not going to. But that's what it feels like the entire time I'm in it. It's like that video of that one kid on the roller coaster. You know what I'm talking about? And he's like yelling his aunt's name, Janice. Or I guess it could be his mother. It's just weird to call your mom by their first name, right? I mean, some people do that. It, it's 2019 now. That's like a common thing. Who I don't do, do it. Who do you know that does that? My so I don't know anyone. I know I know I know people personally. I just don't hang out with my friends' parents very often. But I've got a friend who has a kid, and his kid calls him by his first name. I'm just like, what? How do you even know he's your kid if he doesn't call you dad? Right. <laughs> the only time I've yelled my parents by yelled out my parents' names, it's like if they're in a crowd or something, and there's oh, like yeah. you know 80 other moms in the crowd, but only one Beverly. Yeah. Oh, my mom's named Beverly too. So what if what if you're calling my mom? I. Is it Beverly your mom's name, Jimmy? Beverly's my grandmother's <laughs> name. It's definitely a name of the times. Yeah. I don't know. They'll have to fight over who gets to keep me, I guess, after I call Al Beverly in yeah. the crowd. Al <laughs> Beverly. Which one of you is more affluent? I would like to be your child. Mm-hmm. All the women of a certain age will just turn around if you scream the word Beverly into it. Right. <laughs> crowd of people. Just a bunch of fluffy hair in the front and daggers in the back. Mm-hmm. Hey, hold on. Is that, the, is that the typical Beverly haircut? Yeah. It's a mom cut. It's a mom cut, the soccer mom. Like, may I please speak to your manager cut? Is that the Beverly cut? <laughs> it's the one. Is that, is that the haircut your mom has? No. Damn it. Sorry. Wait, is that your, is that your mom's haircut, Tim? It used to be, but now she's going with like uh it's kind of like a frizzy looking tangly thing i don't really know Damn, I, I think your mom would like assassinate you if you referred to her hair as a yeah. tangly thing i feel like that's like the most offensive thing you could say about a woman's hair it's just like a tangly mess <laughs> speaking of spiders it looks like a cobweb just yeah. crawled onto her head she just really looks like she doesn't take care of herself oh god don't say that. She does occasionally listen to these. I'm dead. Oh, you, you fucked up, too. Yeah. I have a phobia of saying things about my mom's hair. <laughs> totally rational, though, so I guess it's not a phobia. <laughs> uh, well, uh, the extent of my research on this topic uh, is a quick Google search on list of phobias. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a typical cynic empowerment Google search. <laughs> like mm-hmm. It's like, oh, tomorrow we're going we're going to talk about uh, the border wall crisis. What is a border wall? Google search. <laughs> what is a border? Uh, well, it seems like the and it says according to the DSM. There's no citation, so I'm just going to take this as you correct me if I'm wrong, Julia. The phobias. I have the DSM five right in front of me. Okay, cool. Is it like a big leather bound book with like crackling old pages? Oh no, it's pretty recent. The DSM five came out just like I want to say a couple of years back. Wait, what? It, so they like update regularly? Yeah. Yeah. What? So there's there's it's not like absolute moral law. Or yeah, anything. this came out in the fifth edition came out in 2013. You see, Tim, it is absolute moral law. It is absolute moral law. The issue is that they fuck stuff up every time so they have to keep updating it. You say moral raw? Moral raw. <laughs> moral raw. Like, I'm not trying to do like a, a shitty like Chinese accent. I'm, I just can't speak properly. I know. They no longer have uh, homosexuality as a mental illness yeah. in the DSM-5. Was the DSM-4 what they had? Uh-huh. Oh, that's great. <laughs> that's so good. That's a lot of progress. Yeah. Woo, progress. Right. So if that was incorrect, 
I mean, how many other things in the DSM are also incorrect? I mean, not like we should, like, throw the baby out with bathwater or anything. There's probably some good shit in there, right? Yeah, I don't know if I want to go through the uh, 900-plus pages in this thing. Yeah, but... it's a big book. <laughs> well, you know what? We uh, we always strive for additional content and bonus stuff on Cynic Empowerment, so let's just start from square one. Yeah, let's square just read one. the entire DSM-5 um... front to back. We'll, we'll read a chapter at a time. Yeah. I think that should be homework for our listeners if they're really interested. Go pick up a local copy of your DSM-5 today. For the low, low price of $500 and uh, relay the information back to us. Uh, I'm sure you could get it for like 25 or something. Ooh. Yeah, you could probably find it for pretty cheap. And then run around to all the homosexual people in your neighborhood and show them the book and be like, look how much more accurate this book is now. Like, oh, that's wonderful. You're no longer listed as a mental illness. Be grateful. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> uh, okay, so <laughs> according to the DSM, there are five general categories of phobias. Fears related to animals, we talked about a couple already, dogs, spiders, so on and so forth. Uh, fears related to the natural environment, Jimmy mentioned one of those, like heights. Fears related to blood, injury, or medical issues, like uh, injections, I guess uh, uh, hemophobia would be another and uh, fears related to specific situations like flying or riding an elevator, uh, driving. I guess maybe claustrophobia might might probably uh, stick into that category. And then they have an other category, which is very vaguely defined. But in parentheses beside other, they have choking, loud noises, and drowning, which I think could also be a specific situation. I don't know. Hmm. Seems like the last one's a little vague. What? Well, the last one's definitely a catch-all. Yeah. Like anything else, anything else that you could possibly be afraid of, like saying obnoxiously long words or, uh... The oh, idea what? that a duck is somewhere watching you at this very moment. <gasps> oh, what's what's the name of that one? Anatidophobia? Wait, what? Is that a thing? <laughs> yes, that is an actual phobia. A fear that animals are watching you? A fear that a duck Wait, specifically a duck. Specifically a duck Wait, is somewhere watching so you. So, what... How many times does a specific instance of an, like, irrational fear have to take place before it gets, like, an obia added to the end of it. Like, does there just have to be, like, one instance of, like, someone that has, like, an extreme rational fear well, and then they give it... persistent enough that it's causing distress in their everyday life. So it's not just the one time. No, but I mean, like... So, no, no, I don't, no, I'm not saying of like, of like an individual, I'm saying like, so that, that fear that you just defined is very specific. Yes. It's very specific. So I'm wondering how many instances of like how many different people, oh, of like I how many individual cases there had to be of someone being afraid of specifically a duck watching them in their everyday life in order for the psychologist committee of America to get together and be like, guys, 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 we got to think of a specific phobia name. For when someone's irrationally fearful of a duck watching them at all times. Well, I was looking through the DSM-5, and they said only about 7 to 9% of the population actually falls under the definition of having a phobia. Oh. So if someone is actually diagnosed with having this specific phobia, uh -huh. I think they're special enough that they get their own special name for it. Okay, so... So but phobias there, in themselves are so rare. That... There's already a phobia for ducks specifically. Yeah. This is just like a sub-genre of that phobia. Gosh. 
<laughs> I want to meet this person. I also want to meet anyone that has this phobia. It yeah. sounds like their life is pretty miserable. Yeah, that's got to be literal hell. Like, it sounds like an episode of Courage the Cowardly Dog. Like, Courage mm-hmm. is just, like, sitting in a room minding his own business, and then, like, a duck turns around a corner and just has, like, his fist and punches it into his open palm. And then Courage is like, what the fuck? There was a Courage the Cowardly Dog episode about, like, a, a demonic duck, wasn't there? There was, it was like, the alien ducks yeah, that were, like, alien ducks. doing weird shit. Maybe, maybe it stemmed from the writer of Courage the Cowardly Dog. Maybe. Like, it wouldn't surprise me. Like, uh, honestly... That seems yeah. very specific. Yeah, it's so specific. <laughs> well, ducks are kind of scary, right? I mean, like, I think that that's legitimate. Yeah, they like, got ducks, screw dick. Ducks rape each other. They, they, they're, they're rapey. Uh, so if a duck's watching you, they could be potentially thinking about raping things. Which, not cool. Yeah. No one said it was. (laughs) No, no, no. We need, we need to put this in the book for now, forever and ever. That in the book, Syndic Empowerment raping is not cool. Mm -hmm. On this day. So now, now it's official. (laughs) All right, glad that we have that on the books. (laughs) Yeah, just want to make sure everybody knows that that's that's our stance. (laughs) See that we're just gonna keep clarifying it over and over again. Don't become suspicious. That we keep saying it and bring it up, but we're clarifying once more, it's not cool. Well, you guys talk about uh, dog meat a lot. Can you also put on the books that you don't advocate for eating dogs? We don't advocate <laughs> for eating dogs unless they're pit bulls. Eat as many pit bulls as you want. Jimmy. <laughs> Specifically pit bulls. It's okay by me. I don't want anybody to misre- misrepresent our stances, Jimmy. I mean, like, dog meat is tasty under the right conditions. Exactly. If it's a pit bull. If it's a pit bull. <laughs> or if it's been, like, tortured in a cage. Usually the longer it's been tortured, the tastier it gets. Supposedly. Mm-hmm. Not that I would know. I think that's how it works, you know? That's that's the only time I've ever tried dog, I mean. <laughs> I definitely don't spend my weekends avidly adopting specifically pit bulls. <laughs> I would never do that. And then cooking them. And then cooking them. That would never happen, ever. Rogue, do you hear this? No, Rogue's fine. Rogue <laughs> is not a pit bull. She's safe. She's a lab mix, you never know. Yeah, she doesn't look pit bully enough. Look at how thick she is. Yeah, but she's a sweetie. Pit so, bulls by law cannot be. <laughs> there's this guy uh, in my my neighborhood. I live in these townhomes, you know, they're just butted right up against each other. And in the, uh, the, the leasing guidelines, you're not allowed to have certain types of dogs where we live. One of those in particular is a pit bull for obvious reasons. Obviously, they're awful. Mm -hmm. Terrible dogs. But, you know, they're given a bad rep, but I won't go into that. But I meet this guy one day, and uh, I'm looking at his dog. It's a gorgeous dog. Obviously a pit bull. It's got a big, huge head. It's, like, relatively muscular. It's kind of scary looking. Uh, And I'm like, that's a nice pit bull that you had there. And he's like, no, it's not a pit bull. Oh, okay. It's American Terrier or whatever mm-hmm. shit. No, see, that's the thing. Like, if he had called it a lab mix, I would have been like, okay, it's obviously not a lab mix, but I can tell you don't want to talk about it. Uh-huh. He calls it a feral dog. Ah, wait, what? A feral dog. How is that better? Like, it, absolutely. It's like if you're trying to, like, dissuade people from thinking that your dog is dangerous or that they're going to call the leasing office and get it taken away, don't call it a feral dog. <laughs> this is a feral dog with rabies you ass did you just misgender my dog it's a feral dog with rabies yeah it looks like a pit bull which is really bad too god 
What the fuck? Is that where the conversation ended? Uh, no. I, I actually, I did the stupid thing, and I was like, is your dog friendly? <laughs> <laughs> is your feral dog friendly? <laughs> is your feral... Is your feral dog friendly? And he's like, yeah. So I bent down, and I started petting the dog. <laughs> uh, what the... You took one step ahead, and you, you bent down to you, pet you, it? You, you, yeah, that thing could have, like, bit your fucking face off. Yeah, well, I mean, I still have the scars, but it was nice for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Until it latched on and wouldn't let go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's got, like, these jaws of steel, just vice grip. Oh. What the fuck? So how do you get it to let go? It's like, well, when I tell it to stop. <laughs> so, <laughs> please, say the magic words. I think I'm developing a phobia. <laughs> I was going to oh, say, phobia of dogs is, like, top ten phobias for most people. Yeah. <gasps> there's, a, there's a top ten list for phobias? Oh, yeah. Oh, let's go over them. Yeah. You can probably guess the number one. Spiders. Zing! Yep, arachnophobia is number one. Wow. It's because spiders are kind of scary in their own right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, spooky. I got eight legs. It just ain't right. Uh, yeah. It ain't natural. It ain't natural. <laughs> I think it's because of how they move. You know, it's kind of like, uh, it's like mechanical. You know, like very quickly and jittery. Yeah, it's true, but ants do too, and they're not spooky. Well, but... Ants, like, they have a, a, a behavior that is anticipated, right? You kind of know where they're going to go, what they're going to do, what their motivations are. Spiders are just like godless killing machines. <laughs> Ants also never get yeah. above a certain size. That's true. Spiders, on the other hand, yeah. could be any this, size. Yeah, I've seen eight-legged freaks. I know how it works. Big ants. I'm going to look up big ants and see the biggest Well, ant. I know there are, like, giant species, but, right. like, in America. Yeah, this is America, Tim. We don't have giant ants here. Yeah, those are just in, like, Australia. Exactly. I'm pretty sure. Like the, where the death ants live, where they bite you and your arm rots off or whatever the fuck. Yep. That's where all the scary shit lives, though. It's all, like, consolidated on that terrible godforsaken island. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Which I will refuse to go to. New Zealand seems nice, though. I don't think they have the same issues. They yeah, absolutely do not. They so. have kiwis there. You can't call them that. Ooh, that's, the birds. That's racist. The birds, Jimmy. <laughs> have you ever heard... Well, this is way off topic, but have you ever heard a kiwi call? No. It is. It sounds like a screaming woman. Is it really? Yes. Interesting. So mating season's really interesting in New Zealand. It sounds horrible. It's just like like so many calls to the police. Mm-hmm. Could you give us an example of what that would sound like? Uh, I would rather not. <laughs> <laughs> you can always put it on the YouTube. I don't need my dog to have a heart attack. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. Um, okay. Well, that sounds like something that I could potentially have a phobia if about. Kiwi call goes like... No. Can you hear that sound? Sounds like a whistle. I can hear, like, if it was like, oh, baby. Oh, no. The dog's sad. The dog's like, what's wrong? Why are you screaming, Julia? Oh, can I make it better? That is actually how I sound like when I scream, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But could you imagine like hearing that at like two in the morning? Yeah, no, that'd be horrible. Or just like, or just like walking in the woods and just like hear that, like what? Oh my god! Where is that coming from? What is that? Yeah. Yeah, animal calls that imitate uh, human noises in distress—that's pretty terrible. It's like something uh, out of like a sci-fi movie. It's true. Yeah, a mocking, mocking Jay kind of stuff. Absolutely terrible. So what's next uh, on the list? <laughs> Have we gotten off topic enough? <laughs> <laughs> we should just re- rename the, the podcast Off Topic. Oh. <laughs> Q 
Kiwi mating sounds. <laughs> yeah, insert. That'll, that'll probably be the title of the episode. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually how it works. I'm trying to think of the top ten phobias. It was arachnophobia was number one. Think fear of snakes. Oh, yeah. Fear of heights. Claustrophobia. From worldatlas.com. Uh, let's see. I'm just going to scroll down to the end. Why do they have it in reverse? I just want to see what number one that's, is. That's because they want you to scroll through as many ads as possible. That's how all the top ten list sites do it. Mm-hmm. So that way you got to scroll through their entire stupid webpage, see so many ads. Arachnophobia. Ophidiophobia. That's, that's snakes. Acrophobia is heights. That's number three. Aerophobia. You're flying. Are you guys afraid of flying? I don't like it. Um, but I've been on multiple, like, 14-plus hour flights at this point, so. Okay. It's, you don't like it because it's, like, uh, it's excruciating? Like, it's just, like, boring or? Yeah, it's boring and you're packed in with a bunch of strangers who probably smell bad. So, like, what is there to enjoy about flying, honestly? That's true. It, it's a means to an end. It's, uh... It's pretty awful, the entire experience. Yeah. I I think that kind of brings me to my number one phobia is the, like, social anxiety, like social phobias. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, having to interact with people that I really don't want to interact with, like the guy that is, of course, going to be sitting beside me, that's going to be, like, taking up my armrest and playing loud music and eating really loud and trying to start political conversations with me. Like, that guy. I'm terrified of him. Hello, I'm a stranger. Let's discuss gender politics. Right. <laughs> like, no, fuck off, dude. Like, I don't want to do that. And he's like, ah, I'm developing a phobia. Ah, I trigger you. Ah, <laughs> trigger the limbs. Wow, well, you've had some really bad experiences then. Are you sure you're not that person, Tim? You sound like everything you describe sounds like something you would do to some random person. Yeah, in our previous episode, I was uh, discussing how I had the conflictual personality with Jimmy. And, uh... Yeah, I just got to start fights with people. So I probably would actually welcome something like that just so that I fight with a person and that they could get away. <laughs> like, we're trapped on this plane now. Let me tell you why communism's good. Yeah, you think you're trapped or I'm trapped with you. You're trapped with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not trapped in here with you. You're trapped in here with me. Yeah, as the, like, the flight attendants are trying to, like, cart me off and, like, hit me with trays, you know? <laughs> you somehow have, like, a like a fucking uh, fry, fryer dish of um, burning oil just to dump on someone's head. Well, why did nobody think that this fryer was a bad idea on a plane? Yeah, what? <laughs> Sorry, that was, we just went down a Rorschach reference yeah, of, okay. <laughs> of Watchmen. So, like, so Tim and I, like, we, we have very, like, deep understandings of, like, very few topics, so we have, like, the same five movies that we reference, and, yeah. Any, anything that's, like, come about, like, Post 2010, we're just like, what? What's that? We haven't owned a TV for the last eight years. What? Huh? What's this? What's I know Netflix? You have a TV. It's not my TV. It's <laughs> I mean, my you still play your TV. Switch on it. No, I play my Switch on my Switch. That's what's so great about a Switch and why I bought my own Switch and don't use my roommate's Switch. It's because the Switch comes with its own screen so I can <laughs> lock myself away from society and just plug it into the wall and never stop playing. Um, okay, so I think we've talked about phobias enough. Let's talk about some of these fucked up treatments. Yeah? Do you mind go. if I mention just uh, one more? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, Julia's got one more. Julia's got a favorite. I do have a favorite. Uh, I can't say that any of my fears fall into the phobia. I really don't like heights, just like Jimmy. Um, but as I was scrolling through the list, I found this one called uh, trypophobia. Oh, the, the fear of holes. Yes. 
And there's something very unsettling about all the pictures that they had as examples. Uh Uh-huh. Like, here, I got an example. Yeah, like like honeycomb shit. Yeah. Yeah, tryptophobia. Yes. Just where there's those big gaping holes in things that shouldn't have holes, and it's just, I don't know, it's very interesting to me. Are you familiar with tryptophobia, Tim? What, What should... What shouldn't have holes? Like a sinkhole? Uh, like look up like a look up like tryptophobia on Google and you'll just get all the greatest images. It's hard to explain them words. It's just holes where holes shouldn't be, Tim. You just know internally that they shouldn't be there. It's like Lovecraftian holes. Oh god. That's Actually, yeah, don't Google it. Google it. Are you Googling it? <laughs> Because they'll show you pictures of, like, people with holes in their skin, and that's yes. also not pleasant. Oh, there's, like, stuff coming out of them. Yeah. No! <laughs> it's very unsettling. <laughs> oh. And strawberries. Yeah. Yeah. If strawberries had, like, holes where all the seeds were. Yeah. Exactly. I don't know. I feel like part of that's pretty great. Like, one person's fears, another person's philia, you know? like. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like, speaking of dogs. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to look at these pictures for the rest of the time we're talking, okay? Oh, God. (laughs) I hope you don't have anything on your stomach. Oh, I feel kind of sick. Yeah. Jeez. Okay, well, I think that about sums it up for phobias, huh? Everyone that, because since this is an audio format, not a visual format, just take a pause, look through a bunch of Google search images of tryptophobia, and then pick it right back up. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, silver linings. Oh, yeah, silver lining of phobias. Um, like Tim already said, one man's phobia is another man's phobia. <laughs> no, not really. Um, hmm, silver lining for phobias. So even though I think phobias are irrational by definition, it kind of makes sense that human beings would develop phobias as a way to adapt to evolutionary circumstances in which we are, are need to survive, right? So being scared of spiders is born out of this notion that they are inherently toxic to human beings, so we avoid them. So we're scared of them. You know, that, that kind of uh, form and function play into the, the same interaction with those animals. That's true. I think in a, a lot of ways, there's so many common phobias, too, that, like, Jimmy and I, I didn't know that we both had a fear of heights, but, like, that can be used as a common factor for a lot of people as well. Like, do you want to go look at some spiders with me? Hell no. I hate spiders. Me too. Perfect. Perfect. Best friends forever. <laughs> Phobia is the tie that binds. Yeah, absolutely. Sense of camaraderie developed out of the fear of irrational things. Great. Okay. Well, pretty cool. Uh, so this next topic, uh, we're going to really put the cynic and cynic empowerment now. Uh, one of the saddest things that has happened in relatively recent history, I mean, like some of these hospitals, for example, stayed open until like 93. We're going to be talking about uh, maladaptive psychological treatment and care. Uh, are we focusing on the United States or is this just going to be like a, in general, like what people have done over the past millennia? Oh, shit. Well, the ones that I looked up have been a uh, worldwide phenomenon. So if you have examples of particular practices here in America, I think that's fine as well. OK, uh, well, I, I know about a few of the places that were particularly bad. Uh, but all in all, I think it's you, you see the, the same techniques used over and over again. Uh, and just the fact that they were so recent or so prevalent or so widely accepted right. uh, by, by the general populace, that's ultimately what makes it so sad. 
But I, I don't know. Uh, however we want to begin this, I, I guess we could just start going over some of the nastiest techniques. Like what, what's uh, what's what's something bad? What's something bad you've heard of? Well, the oldest one that I found was uh, the idea, the idea of uh, drilling a hole into the skull and taking it, a piece of the bone out of the skull as a way to relieve the demons trapped inside. Yeah, trepanation. Trepanation, yes. Mm. And that... The fact that that's a, that was a worldwide practice is alarming, and the fact it's actually still practiced in some in some places today, even. Mm. Yeah. Uh, what, who thought of this in the first place? That's kind of ridiculous. <laughs> it's so old. There's really no way to trace back where it originated. I think mm. some of the oldest examples they found were in Greece. In Egypt, where they just they would dig up these uh, bodies that had been buried for a long time, and they just had these random ass holes in their head. Oh gosh! And you you know that it wasn't in any shape or way, shape or form sterile. Oh, so, oh no, no, no! no. They hadn't invented that yet. <laughs> like here's a like a pointy piece of wood, and now I'm gonna like drill into the side of your head. <laughs> Hopefully, I don't hit the brain. Yeah. See how this goes. But if I do, you know, with uh. With scientific advancement, you got to get a little messy sometimes. Well, the quickest way to cure madness is death, so... Yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah, these demons aren't going to just uh, uh, exercise themselves. We got to do something about it. Let's do and this guy. Uh, uh, yeah. But, so, like, what happens to a person once you put a big fucking hole in their head? Like, Nothing good. <laughs> like, but at the same time, like, they, it must have... It must have caused some means to an end if they kept doing it, right? You would think that, like, if they're like, okay, like, there had to have been, like, a first, right? Where, mm -hmm. where, you know, the scientist of the group, you know, Ben, or whatever the fuck his name was, Ben was like, okay, guys, 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 I got it. We're going to take this sharpie pointy thing, we're going to fucking put a hole in the skull, and all that evil juice is just going to leak straight out of there. That's how you get that shit out. And then they did it, and they're like, holy shit! Steve's fine now. Steve is like 100% better than where Steve was before. Now he has a hole in his head. And they're like, perfect. Now we can do this to everybody. Right? Like there had to have been, I don't know. So uh, this is actually a modern procedure. Like we still use this in some instances. Of course, not to deal with mental illness, uh, but in order to reduce pressure and subdural hematomas. Uh, and usually the piece of skull that's removed is replaced as soon as possible. Uh, but on occasion, it's left out. But that's a, a craniectomy versus a craniotomy. So, I mean, it does still happen, just not to cure personal demons. Personal no. demons. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty rough. Uh, I, I mean, I guess that kind of like leads way into lobotomy, right? Because they're they're still fucking around with the brain with like sharp instruments. Yeah. In one instance, uh, I heard of people taking like an ice pick going in through the eye. Like up into the front of the brain, which makes me think like the the brain is such a delicate organ. Like there's so much about the brain. I'm sure we still don't know uh, in terms of like, you know, what type of angle do you need exactly in order to go in with a sharp and pointy object and like poke it. I don't know, get just like randomly stabbing through somebody's eye. Yeah, it's a very delicate. It's a very delicate ice pick stabbing. Ugh. Yeah, just uh, just hold still for a second. <laughs> uh, I used to work with this guy and his wife. And he had a lobotomy. Yeah. <laughs> it's all about it. 
I used to work with this guy and his wife was a, um, an eye surgeon and they would of course practice on animals, uh, pigs in particular. So we would think, okay, so do they randomly like find these pigs that have been injured or is there somebody that actually has the job of stabbing pigs in the eye so that people can perform surgeries on them? I think the same people in China that torture the dogs and eat them, they, they hire them at a really low rate to stab pigs in the eyes for fun. Like, that's like their side gig. Yeah, a lot of pigs to have their eyes stabbed. So, I mean, pig eye stabber is uh, is in well well in demand. <laughs> you want good eye surgeons, don't you, Tim? Well, yeah, and I want them to be damn good at it. So stab a pig in the eye so that I can get good – Good, uh, good care. You don't, you don't, you don't want your eye surgeon going in, be like, okay, I've only done two of these before. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Are pig eyes similar enough to humans? Because I, I've had to do uh, eye dissection before, but we used a cow eye. Okay. Hmm. Uh, I, I'm not necessarily sure in terms of structure, but I would imagine if they were using it, I certainly hope. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm not no eye expert, but I hope. I'm they sure know. they're <laughs> equally gooey and good, but. <laughs> They taste about the same. Uh, if you've ever ripped open a cow eyeball, it is not the same. No. <laughs> the pupil is humongous. Okay. It's disgusting. Hmm. Well, that that brings me to another question. So you you want to make sure that your procedures are going somewhere. So you have this scientific method in which you believe something is going to happen from the procedure, and if it delivers the result that you expect then you can progress. But if it doesn't, you go back to the drawing board. You don't keep doing the same dumb shit over and over and over again. So why do we see things like lobotomization or trepanation repeatedly show up again and again if it's not actually solving any of the issues? Well, there were a bunch of methods back then. Like we have trepanation, of course, but later on you had like the idea of purging to fix humors within the body or even just praying away the madness. Um, but I think with trepanation and other procedures that just it baffles us today, but at the time, they just had no other resources. So it's like, this is the best we can provide for them at the moment. Basically, all psychologists like prior to, you know, 2006 were just improvers. You know, they said really good improvisation. Why? Why 2006? I don't know. It just seemed like a good year. And so prior to then, they were just like throwing paint in the wall, just trying to see what sticks, right? Yeah. <laughs> They're just going with it. It's like, you know, shock them a few times. It's still not good. You know, let's keep escalating from there. I mean, the scientific, part of the scientific method is trial and error. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So leading from that question, and of course, you're going to have to get messy every once in a while. How do you balance that fine line between, uh, you know, universal law and moral obligations and scientific process? Because, you know, occasionally you're going to have to do things that, at least on the moral onset, seem really bad you know you, you shouldn't probably ever do that to a human being but on the other side what if you can cure terrible depression or uh increase the high iq of someone with a mental deficit like i mean is it worth it like what would be an example like are we talking specifically still about lobotomies and shit 
Sure, let's let's talk about lobotomies. Well, well, well we, now we know they don't work, so yeah. <laughs> so now we would never do it. Right, but I mean, to to make the decision the very first time that it happens. Let's say that there's a new cutting edge technology, or we can even use a, a electrotherapy as an example. The first person who thought of using electrotherapy as a way to I don't know cure depression. How do you justify doing something something like that? Well, I mean, most people volunteer for that treatment. Yeah. <laughs> so it's of their own volition that they are going under, like, what is called ECT? Uh, ECT, yeah. electroconvulsive therapy. So they're going into this treatment knowing all the risks. It, it's just... <laughs> yeah, and just to confirm with uh, people that are listening that may not know this, so electroconvulsive therapy is still used to this day, and it's now being used uh, in a much more safer voltage and wattage uh, to treat people with depression. So people to this day are still getting the shit shocked out of them. But instead of it being like, oh, you're a woman with hysterics, we're going to lock you away in this metal bar institution and put you in shaking machines that are going to shake the crazy out of you and shock the shit out of you uh, for the rest of your life because your husband wants a divorce. But we frown mm-hmm. upon that. So this is your new home. Nowadays, people of their own volition can be like, uh, can you shock the sad out of me, please? I just want to be not so sad. It's like the idea of uh, getting those neural connections a-going. Yeah. Yeah. I I like to think of it as a hard reset, right? Yeah. You know, if your computer, like, it's like when you call, like, that dude in India when your computer's not working, the first thing they always ask is, have you tried restarting your computer? Right. Did you turn it on and off again? Exactly. Because apparently the way the uh, electroconvulsive therapy works is it gives you a seizure, and uh, that, if you really think about it, a seizure is just like a hard reset for the brain. If you really, yeah. really, really if think really about it. If you really think about it, if you cross your eyes and, and, <laughs> and spin around ten times and fall on the floor into a pile of your own vomit, then you can see it's exactly the same thing. Jeez. Okay, so why don't we just do that instead? <laughs> Jimmy, you were telling me earlier that one of the... Uh, more common side effects of ECT is a uh, temporary memory loss. Yeah. So. <laughs> so maybe you forget how horrible the exactly. treatment was. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So apparently one third of people that go under uh, ECT experience uh, report experience memory loss. But I was bringing up the point to Julia is that you don't know what you don't have. So if you experience memory loss, how do you remember that you don't remember something if you don't remember it in the first place? So who knows how many people just like shock the shit out of their bad memories to where they can't even fathom them anymore. Uh, I don't know if that's like the intention behind it, but it definitely seems like it could be a worrisome side effect, but I don't know. Yeah. You can get away with anything as long as people don't know that you're doing it, right? Exactly. As long as they sign enough waivers. Right. So, like, yes, please sign this giant pile of forms. All right, now get in the shock machine. <laughs> yeah, get in there. Or just make sure that, like, you wipe enough of their memory out that you didn't have to do any of the forms in the first place. <laughs> like, that doesn't look like my signature. Oh, you just forgot what your signature looks like. Get out. Yeah. <laughs> get the fuck out of here. Yeah. I've completely lost the ability to write. Yeah. <laughs> just drooling on themselves. Just like fucking glue the fucking pen to their hand. Just fucking scribble something on these papers. But it's temporary memory loss, yeah. so... Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah. <laughs> Ideally, it's nothing permanent, but who knows? Yeah, I don't, I don't even know how you scale for that. Uh, but, uh, yeah. What other shitty treatments do we have on the list, Julia? 
Well, there's always the fun purging where you would just bleed yourself until you felt better. Mm. It's kind of the same idea as when we used to use leeches on people. Mm. You would suck the badness out. Or if that didn't work, you would just cut the person and let all their humors run out of them. <laughs> you see, you gotta get rid of the humors of Tim. Look, he's laughing. Yeah. He's fucked up. We gotta start bleeding his ass. We gotta strap, strap him in. Put some leeches on him. <laughs> what humor do you yeah, what the fuck is a humor? Did they just like did like comedians just like not exist like in Victorian times? They're like if someone had it's like this guy's too jovial. We gotta bleed his ass. Alright, you're gonna get, have to give me a minute because I did not write down all the humors. No, it's fine. Oh, it's from it was from the ancient Greek and Roman physicians. Okay. Positioning that an excess or deficiency of any of the four distinct bodily fluids in a person, known as humors, directs influences in their temperament and health. Oh, man, that's great. Uh, black bile, yellow bile, blood, and phlegm. 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 <laughs> uh, relating to the four temperaments. What are, what are the four temperaments? What's this all about? Some good stuff. Okay, uh... Each humor was associated with a particular season as well. Oh, I see this, yeah. <laughs> and elements, of course. Some of the temperaments that are assigned here, I don't even... Col- caloric? Col- yeah, caloric. They tend to be more extroverted. <laughs> I know melancholic, but like... Flagel- yeah. Phlegmatic? Yeah, phlegmatic. Phlegmatic, thank you. <laughs> what, you know the phlegmatic? <laughs> Oh, that's ridiculous. Tend to be relaxed, peaceful, quiet, and easygoing. Okay. Well, I mean, they are sympathetic and care about others, so maybe you want to be phlegmatic. Yeah, so if you were, if you had an excess amount of blood, <laughs> meaning you were maybe too moist and warm. <laughs> yep, sounds about right. Uh, they would bleed you from the liver. <laughs> oh, not there. Yeah. That's where it's to be bled from. <laughs> I think I think maybe um, just the blood loss would kind of calm you down for a bit, and or, they would count it as an ex- as, as a success. I guess, or just make you like really sleepy. Yeah, well, that's what I was thinking with the trepanation, like yeah. why they counted that as an ex- as an ex- oh my god as a success. Well, because they were calming the people down. Because they went from you know raving mad to horrible headaches and then you would perform the surgery on them and they would be brain dead to a certain extent uh, i mean if that if that's the uh the measuring stick of success then one could say you could just like use a heavy hammer for most medicines well i mean they did use a heavy hammer to poke in the sharp sticks into their head good god what <laughs> Here comes, uh, here comes Dr. Tim with the sleepy hammer. Yeah, <laughs> the sleepy hammer. Here comes the train, choo-choo. Oh, Lord. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> why, do all of your, uh, why do all of your patients have dents in their heads? <laughs> it's a sonic success where I come from. Yeah. Yeah, they're sleepy. They're sleepy hammers. <laughs> uh, so which of the four personality types do you guys think uh, best describes you? What are options again? Blood, Fuck. yellow bile, what? black bile. These are personality types? Or phlegm. Well, they're related to the four personality types. So you've got sanguine, uh, primarily uh, what the f- being highly... What, what pseudoscience ass are you... Well, what this is from the on? ancient Greek and Roman philosophers. God damn it. 
So this is like what five hundred. I'm going with black bile because I'm full of shit. Yeah, black bile. <laughs> No, Black Bile is represented by Melancholy. Yep, yep, still right. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I just... So, still it. Analytical and detail-oriented, deep thinkers and feelers. I feel deep. Feel real deep, huh? I feel because I love, and I love because I feel. I don't know, Phlegm is apathetic, so... Ooh, on that too. (laughs) Sign me up for all four. (laughs) (laughs) You got a healthy balance of all four. Nice. Ugh. As long as it's anything but yellow bile, honestly. That, it just sounds gross. What the fuck is yellow bile? It's uh, aggression. But like, in the body, what is that? Yellow bile? I don't know. Where the fuck does yellow bile come from? It sounds like pus or something, but... Well, it's like pancreas, right? Gallbladder. Gallbladder. Okay. Uh, bile ducts, liver, gallbladder, through the pancreas, to the duodenum. The duodenum? The duodenum. The duodenum. 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 Yeah, there's there's bile and stuff. Gross. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to find the. The year. This web. This web page was created circa year 900 BC. Uh, dominated the view of the human body among European physicians until at least 1543. Great. Awesome. <laughs> this, that is too recent. <laughs> yeah. Just just hope that you didn't have any sort of mental illness, like I said before, prior to 2006. Between that and, like, the idea of a woman having a wandering uterus, I just... <laughs> I'm really uterus. glad I'm alive in 2019. Like, hmm, I've poked you, I've prodded you, and uh, it would seem your uterus is in your chest cavity. She doesn't want to get married at 12, so I guess she must be hysterical with a wandering uterus. Oh, she does hysterical wandering. Yeah, we diagnosed you hysterical with a wandering <laughs> uterus. And possible homosexual tendencies. <laughs> <laughs> so here, here's my bag of goodies. Here's I've got, my bag of leeches. I've got, we've got some options here. We've got some leeches. We've got the, my sleepy hammer. <laughs> oh we've my got God. my pokey stick. Ice stick. And, uh, or I've got a lightning rod. We could strap her to the roof and see what happens. And if that doesn't work, you can always pray it away. Yeah. Oh boy. You said the magic word, pray it away. Oh gosh. Which is, I think there's still places you can you can go for that in the United States for the for the gay. So. Oh yeah, pray the gay away. Yeah. Uh, probably in Kentucky. <laughs> yeah, probably yeah. Somewhere in yeah anywhere in Kentucky except for like Louisville and Lexington, right. I guess. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, yeah. what, you, what you don't understand is that the giant arc that's in Kentucky, you just go in the basement, and it's just like a bunch of people praying over gays have abducted from their podunk towns. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what that's what the entire, like, uh, arc is. Like, it's actually a space rocket they're going to launch into space someday. Like, it, it was a cover front to build the arc on top, spaceship on the bottom. Mm. It's, it's crazy. They're just going to, like, rocket away all the gays? Oh, I thought they, they were leaving the gays here. They've got to... Fix them or something. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> You're not in on this, so I'm, I'm I'll not, forgive it, you for not having yeah, a complete exactly. synopsis. I, of I, I don't know all the details. I just know that the, the the top arc is a cover for the spaceship underneath. I do. I do think it's really funny that out of all the old timey um, treatments, quote unquote, that I found, uh, the church is actually the least aggressive out of all of them. Right. Yeah, it, it's like the the well educated scientists that you think would be on their side. It's like, what, okay, here's your options: we can pray over you, or we can open up the briefcase of all the sick instruments in yeah. it. Yeah. So for once, the church was the gentlest method. Yeah. 
Unless you go back far enough when they start, like, stoning people for, like, any of that shit. That's true. So it's it's all, you know, it depends. Yeah. If you're not praying hard enough, I guess. Right, as long as you keep praying and you can put up a front. Yeah. Yes. I'm looking at middle treatments in the Bible. Oh, perfect. What? Uh, treatments in the Bible. Oh. Well, Sorry. stoning you to death is always a go-to. That's a good, that's a, that's a, that's, you know, instead of a sleepy hammer, we think of it as a sleepy rock. <laughs> <laughs> We already said it once prior. I'll say it again. The quickest treatment for madness is death. Yeah. If you're experiencing madness, please seek professional help. (laughs) Write a will and seek some professional help. Yeah. That's something good to remind our audience of. If anybody thinks they are experiencing a substantial phobia or a, a mental illness of any type, you should go see somebody. You should go talk to a professional. Uh, this is a little serious time on cynic empowerment. Uh, do yourself a favor, do your community a favor, and go see somebody. It'd be great. They'd love to have you. Yeah, now they can't do any of these sick, fucked up treatments anymore, so it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Yeah, in, in the middle of all this. <laughs> yeah. As long as you're not meeting your professional in, like, a back alleyway anyway. Right. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> Trad- uh, traditionally, uh, most... Uh, uh, psych clinics don't have boarded up windows, don't have entrances and back alleys, mm-hmm. usually operate between the hours of 9 to 5. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't fall within that those standards, then probably best to just avoid it. Yeah, probably so. Uh, go to a, a reputable source. And there are plenty out there. We're not one of them. Well, I mean, my I'm, dad's a clinical psychologist, so I'm kind of one, but yeah, there you I, go. I don't think I can, like, promote his office on here, so... Yeah. Shout out to... Shout out to my dad. To my dad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, you, your dad's doing the good work, so go see somebody like Julia's dad. It'd be great. Did you find any good Bible uh, treatments for mental illness? No. Yeah. I mean, I think we, I think we have a basic understanding. It's, it, it's the trifecta of like prey or death. Yeah. Well, that's two. The tri, the, the third is the dual effect. The dual effect. Well, there was some pretty crazy stuff that was done to people in the name of exorcism. And, uh, I mean, if you want to count that as being like a, I mean, there's probably some, some significant mental illness going on there. Right. There's probably some crossover, but that kind of, I think that kind of dips our toe into a slippery slope where we're going to end up talking about, uh, you know, like schizophrenia being related to people who believe they can literally talk to the creator of the universe. Like, it's like, eh, you know, you can't really make that leap fully, but it kind of makes sense from the outsider standpoint. Well, well, I guess if we, unless we have any other uh, treatments we want to talk about, do we want, we want to get into silver lining? Silver lining uh, for uh, fucked up malpractices? Yeah, why don't you go ahead and take a stab at that, Jimmy? <laughs> uh, so the silver lining is that uh, we all live in 2019, mm-hmm. and if any of us experience any form of mental illness in our lifetimes, we don't have to worry about anyone trying to get the humors out of us or hitting us with a sleepy hammer or shocking. Well, I guess, I guess you could still get the shit shocked out of you, but get the shit shocked out of you in a voluntarily, voluntarily in a safe manner. So I'm, I'm just grateful that I don't have to deal with any of this shit. And look how far we've come. Look at that. Isn't that great? As of 1543 in the beginning of the, the scientific revolution, uh, yeah, we we don't really have to deal with humors. We don't really have to deal with getting our getting our brain poked through our eyes. That's pretty great. 
also, it's like every time one of these experiments is done, I think we learn a little bit more about the human body if if the methodology is there, right? So even in terrible instances in which uh, people have had their, their human rights trampled on uh, by being subject to these, this uh, terrible experimentation, we still could potentially learn something. Yeah, thanks, guinea pigs of yesteryear. Yeah. Thanks for your sacrifice. Ooh, thank you for your service. <laughs> Th- thank you, all the women locked up in institutions in the United States. Yeah. Uh, they didn't. They couldn't even find the fucking clit, but they, they were like, whoa, let us men professionals show you, teach you how to live. The ultimate ex- ex- er, example of mansplaining. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's like the whole, like, being a mechanic but never owning a car. Doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. My, this is my Amish mechanic. He's great. <laughs> He's really good. I don't trust him. <laughs> or a tattoo artist with no tattoos. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't believe in it. <laughs> you say never trust a skinny chef either. <laughs> hey, I'm an excellent cook. <laughs> Looking at you, Jimmy. <laughs> There's a lot of uh, a lot of professions where you have to have some kind of physical modifier to be trusted. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, is there anything else that you want to talk about in, in terms of uh, in terms of these topics? Hmm? I, I think I'm satiated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm full. Satisfied. Yeah. I think I'm I'm pretty good too. Um, I feel like I so- definitely need a sleepy hammer on a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> sleepy hammer. <laughs> Hell yeah, that's great. Oh, we're 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 Tipping our toe into thinking about great t-shirts, so, uh, yeah, uh, like an ice pick and a fucking, just a, a hammer, sleepy hammer. Sleepy hammer. I, I, I think I could get behind that. <laughs> um, I think we've, other t-shirt ideas we've, we've thrown around is, uh, put cum on my cake. When we referenced the uh, summa cum laude cake, but of course everyone's going to read it, put cum on my cake. Yeah. But uh, deep down we'll know that it's not an inappropriate shirt because it says cum. Um, Just wear it to work. Exactly. Real casual. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? I had to go home? It says put cum on my cake. What are you? <laughs> yeah, you might want to rethink that branding. Cum on my cake. What the fuck? Come on. It's just going to be like a pink shirt. That's oh, going to be great. I love it. Yeah. Uh... Y'all should start supporting Cynic Empowerment, and we're going to start making t-shirts, and y'all are going to buy them, and it's going to be great. It's going to be great. You have to. No options. Well, I guess... I guess this is the part of the show where we talk about things that make us sad. Yes. Do you want to go first, Tim? Do you want to go first, Julia? Do I want to go first? Tim, you go first. Yeah. All right, all right. I'll, I'll give it a shot. So, things that are making me sad. I love the snow. Uh, the snow is, is, is some of my, my favorite weather related phenomenons around, but it's coming on a weekend, so I can't really get out of the house. Uh, I don't have the money to be able to have tires that have tread on them. <laughs> so I'm afraid that I'm going to get stuck if I go out. So I am house ridden today. I am unable to leave my humble abode. Uh, although I'll probably go out and make a little snowman for too long. Maybe, maybe some angels, maybe some balls, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. But other than that, things are going pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it, it is winter after all, so I guess on, you know, the scale of, like, bad shit to happen, it snows outside. It's like, well, it's to be yeah. expected. Yeah. <laughs> Global warming hasn't ruined the environment yet. Yeah. Too shabby. Yeah. What about y'all? Who's uh, I'll go. You know, sometimes you just feel sad and you can't help it. And so I like to think of white 
wife. God, wife. I can't talk. I'm just like going, <laughs> I'm like fucking, uh, what's the asshole from uh, West Wee Wabbit? Fun. Yeah, uh, Elmer Fudd. I'm just fucking Elmer Fudd today. I'm just like, bitch, give you a little cookie cavity. Listen, I've struggled enough through this podcast as well, so it's okay. <laughs> but yeah, sometimes you're just sad. I like to think of life as waves. There we go. Not as wife as waves. Life as <laughs> waves. And so I don't know why, man. I was just like down in the bottom, the valley of a wave earlier this week, and I was just like super fucking bummy and sad. Like cried for no reason. Really? <laughs> yeah, I like nothing specific to be sad about. I just like cried, and so um, I'm feeling a little bit better now. It's just I don't know. Sometimes you just got to deal with being fucking sad. Sometimes, uh, and it wasn't even like a good cry. Sometimes like cries are like cathartic, and you like feel better afterwards. This was just like um, a sad cry, just like tears coming out of my eyes and feeling sad with no catharsis. Oh, Jimmy! It happens. It happens, man. It happens Seasonal to me. depression's a real thing. Yeah, man. God. And if it's already, if it's tacked on to already regular depression, just yeah. it's not anything good. Yeah, it's you know, like I leave work and it's already dark and it's been cold and shitty outside, so I haven't been walking around as much as I normally do. Um, so it happens. Mm. Well, hopefully, it won't happen too much more. In the future. Oh, it will, but it's okay. It's starting to stay light out later. That's true. We've already we've we're already passed the shortest day of the year, so it's going to continually get better. We're on the uptick. Nice. Okay. Well, what about you, you Julia? What, what makes you sad? No uh, pressure. Yeah. <laughs> Mine's also actually related to the snow. So we had maybe two inches yesterday. And it basically melted by, like, noon. It wasn't anything super substantial, but I used to get so excited by snow. And I mm. saw it yesterday, and I was like, what a pain in the ass. Oh, no. It's <laughs> just, like, losing all that childish glow that I used to have over something so simple is really depressing to me. Um, but thankfully, uh, my dog gets really excited by snow. Um, so taking her out for our seven in the morning walk through the snow and then watching her roll around in it and like dip down and eat it while she was walking was just really, it was really heartwarming for me. Oh, so that's great. You can live vicariously through your dog. Ba- that's why I got her basically. Yeah. Like <laughs> experience joy for me. I'm going to, uh, by, uh, you know, osmosis, like absorb the joy that you experience. Yeah, she's the reason, you know, that I get up at 6 in the morning, and she's so excited, and I'm like, well, I guess I'll siphon off a little bit of that good energy. That's awesome. <sighs> yeah. I, I got a little bit of the same thing this past uh, Christmas season, or I guess I have the last couple of Christmas seasons. You know, like, you, you got this, uh, this sense of happiness or euphoria that kind of built throughout the holidays in your youth. And then as soon as you hit like a certain age, I, I don't know if it just stops building or if it just goes away entirely. Uh, but there's just, there's not any excitement about it. Like it seems like it's another additional chore. Like there's just more on your plate to have to deal with. I don't know. I kind of, I kind of feel you. It's like that, that nostalgia kind of pain. Yeah. That's why I spent all my money on Pokemon cards. <laughs> yeah. 
you got to do that sometimes, man. Like, uh, Remind me to bring my binder out before. Oh, shit, yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Julia's got some sick-ass Pokemon cards, I have too. A, I, that's the one thing I used to collect as a kid, so I have all the original 151 and promised to show Jimmy. Yeah, man. And this is going to reinstill that I'm going to need to buy more. Yeah, hopefully not. <laughs> to stay in the hunger. <laughs> I'm just going to be like a dog drawing. Got to catch them all, man. Got to. Um, well, I guess on that note, thank you everyone that's listened to this episode. Thank you, Julia, for being a part of this. We really appreciate having you and validating us and our cynic uh, shitlordness. Uh, if you would like to support us, be sure to like us on the Facebooks. We will get updates when all our episodes come out. Uh, make sure to check us out on Twitter. You can tweet at us at Cynic Empowerment One. We would love to hear from you and let us know about your phobias. If there you have some debilitating fear of a duck watching at all times, we would really love to hear more about it. And um, yeah, let us know. Help us find the OP duck fear. Yes, we need to. <laughs> Unless you have a fear of telling people about your opinions, and in that case, you know, you don't, you don't have to. We'd like you to, but you don't have to. Not absolutely necessary. Uh, but I suppose uh, just uh, keep your head up, and uh, we'll catch you next time. That's right. The only thing to fear is Sleepy Hammers itself. That's right. Beware the, the members of your society carrying around sleepy hammers. Or the fear of fear itself, also known as phobophobia. 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 <laughs> Excellent. Beautiful. Well, thank you guys for having me. Raw moral? It was raw something. Oh, raw. raw. I, I, I think I started having a stroke or something. <laughs>